Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Welcome to the story. Academy Days, Episode 60, Another Day in Paradise. London Pella flexed her hand and gripped her pen again. Only one computer in the house, no Wi-Fi, and a dad who felt it would be good for her to write her report by hand using only book sources. Lovely. London stared out the dining room window toward Miss Hopkins' garden. Garden boxes, actually. The dirt on the island was too sandy to grow much, so Miss Hopkins had her vegetables planted in large wooden raised beds. Mom was desperate to paint the plain boards green. Mom was pretty much desperate for a new project. Even now, the floor above creaked as Mom cleaned the second story of the house within an inch of its life. The tappity-tap of Anatole typing in the living room brought London back to focus on her notebook. Anatole was the main reason she couldn't just type her report. He had first dibs on the computer since he was trying to write some big thesis paper for his degree. He kept sending Mr. Burgers into town to request books at the library since he couldn't use Wi-Fi for his research either. London flipped a page and stared at a photographed painting picturing the Second Continental Congress. Was all that powder and wigs they wore back then totally suffocating? And all those frills they wore around their necks, oh. How's it coming? Anatole asked from the dining room doorway. He stretched. I have three paragraphs, probably fifty words, London said, running the tip of her pen across her page of writing. Anatole raised his eyebrows. Impressive. London sat back and folded her arms. Okay, Mr. Genius, how many words do you have? Anatole shoved his hands into his pockets and sauntered across the corner of the dining room towards the kitchen. Last check, 15,000, but I really only took the time to note that yesterday morning. London moaned and thunked the book shut about America's founding fathers and their ideas of democracy. Go away. Gladly. There is some peach pie in the kitchen calling my name. Anatole whistled as he clanked around in the kitchen, apparently serving up an afternoon snack for himself. The front screen door creaked and banged closed. Did somebody say pie? Xavier's voice echoed in the front hallway. Sorry, man. Only cauliflower for latecomers, Anatole said. Half the pie is left, Xavier said. Exactly. Half for me, none for you. There were the sounds of struggle and tussle. London rolled her eyes. Men. A few minutes later, they both came into the dining room, shoveling syrup, peaches, and golden crust into their mouths as they went. Oh. Anatole stopped next to the table. Do you think she wanted any? He asked Xavier through a mouthful. Xavier shook his head and shoved a forkful of dessert into his mouth. No. She's one of those low-carb people. I pity those types, Anatole said, strolling back into the living room. Mm, me too. Xavier went back outside and the screen door slammed. London frowned. She could not let this pass. She went into the kitchen, opened the freezer door, and grabbed a bag of frozen peaches. In the fridge, she found yogurt and heavy whipping cream. She filled the blender with all the goodness and sprinkled in a generous amount of cinnamon, and soon had a glass of creamy peach smoothie. 
She put a fluffy dollop of whipped cream on top, a slice of peach for garnish, and plunged in a straw. There, a cold fruity drink on a hot day was way better, more refreshing than pie. What did she make? Xavier called out from the porch. Anatole stood in the kitchen doorway. Nothing much, some kind of girl food. The pie was way more manly. London took a long slurp. You, she said, pointing a spoon at Anatole, are just jealous. She tossed her ponytail. You can have what's left in the blender. I get some, Xavier banged in through the screen door again. London left the guys to their own devices and went outside through the back entrance. Two months today since she and her parents had first come to the island. She stared across the scrubby scenery of sand dunes, rocks, and swaying grasses. Back home, the nights would be getting cooler. Apples would be replacing the piles of corn on the roadside farm stands, and some of the trees would begin to wear yellow, orange, and red. What would the fall be like here in the South? And would this be where she spent Christmas? Her 18th birthday? Mr. Burgers, the U.S. Marshal who was heading up their protection, said that if the case involving the senator's son and the shrapnel went on too long, the Pellas would have to be assigned new identities and start a new life somewhere. A new life is new people. As in, London might never be able to go back home to Easton again. The witness protection couldn't continue to keep the Pellas on the island forever. Sooner or later, they would have to find a way to live safely and support themselves financially again. London swallowed a mouthful of peach milkshake. The fruit and cream hit her stomach like a clump of ice. There was real possibility she would never see Carmen, Nora, Lacey again. The girls who had been there for her when she'd become braver about taking a stand for Jesus. Even the thought of never seeing Zoe again made her sad, despite the fact that their friendship had fizzled. The faces of Chandler Pace, Wendy Wells, Rilla Myers, people she'd grown up with, flitted across her mind. There were others, too, people she didn't know quite as well. Sophie Schroeder, Winston What's-His-Name, and Freya Loomis, and that gray chick who basically studied nonstop. They were part of the tapestry that made up London's life. She couldn't just suddenly weave a new background for her history, could she? Or would somebody in the Witness Protection Program do that for her? London wasn't used to thinking through everything she did and said before she acted or spoke. It wasn't her way like it was for Carmen or Lacey, but, but now, maybe she would have to. The thought of how much work that would be sort of froze her mind for a second— or maybe that was just the result of the smoothie. Heads up! Something flumped to the ground in front of London. She turned, craning her neck to look up at the open window on the second floor of the house. Hang those on the clothesline to air, please, Mom called down to her. London set her shake on the patio table and picked up an armful of braided rug. Drop it and go inside immediately. London jumped the heavy floor mat slipping out of her grasp. She stared at Mr. Burgers. Where had he materialized from? What? Now, London, tell your mother to close those windows. Everybody is to move into the downstairs hallway and away from all windows. Why? Mr. Burgers grabbed her arm and pushed her towards the back door of the house. 
Just do as I say. London stumbled inside. Well, what did you put in that smoothie? Xavier asked, pulling a bag of popcorn out of the microwave. Go into the hallway, away from the windows. London waved her hands, and I don't know why. Mr. Berger's orders. She ran through the kitchen. Anatole, into the hallway, away from the windows. Mom, mom. London's voice cracked with something she couldn't quite identify, didn't have time to identify. Mom, close the windows and get into the hallway. Where's dad? In the lighthouse, working on his book. Mom yelled, even as a series of bangs and running footsteps told London Mom was shutting the windows. What's going on? She asked, nearly colliding with London in the second floor hallway. Don't know. Somebody should get Dad. They nearly ran into each other as they both turned to hurry back downstairs. My husband, Mom said as she and London skidded to a stop just before plowing over Mr. Berger's at the foot of the steps. He's safe in the lighthouse. Mr. Burgers said. He held up a hand when it looked like Mom was about to dash out of the house to find him. You need to stay put here. What's going on? Anatole asked. Yeah, Xavier said. His open bag of popcorn steamed as he held it untasted. His face looked pale. The toughest student from ECA was scared. We've spotted a drone headed in our direction, controlled from a motorboat about a quarter of a mile out from the island. Probably just tourists looking for some content for their vacation vlogs. Still, they should go home with footage that shows a quiet, basically uninhabited island. Ivy is outside, tinkering with some fishing gear. Just a normal day for the lone lighthousekeeper. London let out a breath. Okay, everything was okay. The place wasn't about to be overrun by angry gang members on the hunt for people who'd played a part in their organization's takedown. Eventual takedown, anyway. After all, that's why she, Mom, Dad, Anatole, and Xavier were still here. The shrapnel was still ticking. So, you gonna, like, shoot the drone down or something? Xavier asked, the paper bag in his hand trembling just slightly. We'll see. They'll probably just move on soon. Mr. Burgers leaned against the wall. You might as well get comfortable, though. Could be a while. He held something out towards London. Oh, he'd picked up her drink. London took the cool glass. Quick thinking. The lighthouse keeper probably wouldn't make a smoothie and then leave it out in the hot sun while she mended a fishing net. Are you going to eat that popcorn? Anatole pointed at Xavier's bag. Huh? Oh, no, help yourself. Xavier shoved the bag into Anatole's hands before slumping down to sit against the closet door underneath the stairs. Are you sure? Anatole asked, already shoving kernels into his mouth. Xavier shrugged and stared at his hands. Wow, he really was freaked out. London got comfortable in a corner. So we just sit here? Mr. Burgers nodded. Yep. I could read aloud from this, Anatole said, holding up a book he was probably using for his research. <laughs> no thanks. London held out her hand, but you could share the popcorn. I hope the rugs don't get all sand-blown, Mom muttered, sitting across from London. This is why we don't throw things out of windows, Mother, London smirked. I put the rugs in the mudroom, Mr. Burgers said. Thank you. Mom lifted her chin in triumph. The hallway went quiet. 
and a soft hum filtered in from outside. Mr. Burgers held a finger to his lips. Could a drone pick up sound through walls, especially one owned by vacationers? The hum throbbed, the sound moving in a slow circle as if the drone were being flown around the house. Ivy, Mr. Burgers spoke softly, apparently using some kind of Bluetooth device London couldn't see. How's it look? Low budget? He frowned as he listened. Put on a show first. Make it look natural, he said. Uh, make it look natural. That sounded like a very creepy line from one of Ivy Hopkins' whodunits. Actually, that very line appeared often in the mass-market paperbacks filling the living room shelves. There was a distant something that sounded like a tribal war cry, or maybe the sound a knight would make as he speared an opponent through a weak spot in his armor. The yelling went on for a while, until at last there was a loud bang, a gunshot. Mom jumped. Mr. Burgers held up his hand, and London strained to listen. The sound of an angry yell, and then a dull clank, followed. Mr. Burgers grinned. Very nice, very befitting an eccentric lighthouse keeper who loves her privacy. His eyes went wide. I don't believe you're eccentric, Ivy. I, I think you're beautiful. He jolted. I'm not mixing business with pleasure. You took offense to a well-bent compliment, Ivy. There was one last chilling yell, and the outside sound stilled. Is there anything left to analyze? Mr. Burgers asked. He nodded. Good. We'll stay put until we get the signal the boat has moved on to a safe distance. Yep. Throw a tarp over it, just in case it's still transmitting anything. He squinted. You dented your bait bucket. Yes, yes, the agency can pay for a new one. He rolled his eyes at his audience as if to say, You see what I'm dealing with, people? Mom kicked London's foot until she made eye contact. Beautiful. Mom mouthed, her eyes bright with excitement. Oh, boy. More fire for Mom's romantic plans for Mr. Burgers and Ivy Hopkin. This was all so very bizarre. As the minutes, then an hour ticked by, Anatole read his book, Xavier stared at the floor, and London's legs fell asleep. Mr. Berger's sporadic one-sided conversation was the only entertainment. Even Mom's face had taken on a slightly glazed and worried expression. Apparently sitting in a hallway for ages had squashed even her new thoughts of getting Mr. Berger's and Ms. Hopkins together. All clear, Mr. Burgers said. Mom bolted to her feet. I can go talk to my husband, she said. Mr. Burgers nodded. Mom bolted through the kitchen doorway, and the back door slammed. Apparently her legs hadn't fallen asleep. London groaned as she tried to stand, pins and needles digging into her feet and calves. Anatole closed his book. I just got material for 1,000 more words, if my estimation is correct. He grinned at London. How about you? Don't talk to me. London sniffed and stumbled into the kitchen. You okay, Xavier? She heard Anatole say. Fine, Xavier mumbled. London went outside and looked up at the clear blue sky. Had she really been scared on a day like this? She turned towards the lighthouse where Mom and Dad stood just outside its entrance talking. You see? 
Mom said as London drew near. We were safer when all these extra people weren't here. Anatole and Xavier make our situation more dangerous. Why did they put us all in one place to find in one lump sum? They think the drone was simply flown by tourists, Dad said. But they aren't sure yet, are they? Mom paced. Dad pointed over his shoulder at the lighthouse. They carried it in there to analyze. They should move us and not bring other shrapnel targets along to make us the biggest bullseye on the continent, Mom said. Sylvie, Dad said, catching hold of her hand. We're safe. We've got three U.S. Marshals looking after us, not to mention Ivy, who is probably worth ten marshals, and I don't believe we or Anatole or Xavier are really that high on the shrapnel hit list. Mom sucked in a breath. Oh, bad choice of words, Dad. Hit list, Mom squeaked. Dad rubbed his forehead. I just mean that whatever contribution we gave to the investigation against this organized crime group was probably just a drop in the bucket of evidence being gathered. If the shrapnel wanted to send out hitmen against witnesses, I doubt they'd waste their manpower on us. Mom sniffled. So we're not important after all? Dad smiled. I don't think so. Mom threw up her hands. Then why are we on an island in the Atlantic Ocean instead of back home in Easton? Dad slumped. Sylvie, I need to go make dinner. Mom marched back towards the house. London kicked at a clump of brush. Uh, Dad, what's that thing called that happened to pirates when they got marooned on desert islands? Dad shrugged. Sunstroke, probably. No, no, no. The thing where they went all wide-eyed and saw mirages. You mean when they went crazy? Yeah. Why? London nodded towards the house. Maybe that's what's going on with Mom. Dad laughed. No, what's going on with Mom is called good old-fashioned worry. Ever since Xavier and Anatole came to the island, she's convinced we've become a bigger target for the shrapnel to find. She's been somewhat successful at channeling her worry into projects and work. Two hours of sitting doing nothing was a bit much for her, though. London cocked her head. It begins to make sense. She stood with her dad looking out at the rolling waves. You know what, dad said. We've been next to the ocean for weeks and we haven't gone fishing once. London wrinkled her nose. Is that a bad thing? London, what if you got marooned on an island someday and need to know how to survive? London held out a hand to the vista in front of them. Um, Dad, I've survived. Ha! On the groceries Ivy and the Marshalls deliver, I mean survive. Your voice dropped like 70 octaves when you said survive. That's how serious your need to learn how to fish is. Dad pointed at London, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. You, me, and some fishing tackle are meeting up on the beach. London moaned, I think I'd rather die. Nope, the appointment is made. Dad pulled London's ponytail. You're gonna be hooked. London covered her eyes as Dad chuckled at his own joke on the way into the lighthouse. She went back towards the house to clear away her school books from the dining room table and help Mom with food prep. 
This day was just all weirdness. Maybe tomorrow would be back to the new normal her life had settled into. Something silver flashed against the blue of the sky. London squinted. Sunlight reflecting off the white of a flying seagull? No. Whatever it was, it moved fast for a bird and without the graceful glide and swoop. Was that an airplane? No. It was too small for passengers. The thing faded out of sight like a thin pencil of light. London shrugged. Maybe she was seeing mirages. A flock of seagulls swooped in mass towards the shore. The sun's rays made the sand shimmer and pixelate, the colors of the beach shifting under the moving shadow of a cloud. Yes, everything was already feeling peaceful again. Thank you for listening to yet again another episode of Academy Days. Don't forget, if you would like to show your support for the show, there is a link in the show notes where you can make monthly donations. Thank you so much, and thank you for the people who have taken the time to leave reviews. If you haven't already, go ahead and do that. Thank you again. Bye!